What I did is I built out a fully automated credit repair company that I used to build multi-millions of dollars. People want the systems. They want the process. They want business the whole the business in a box. David Shands presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com and three two one you're listening to the Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast where we find the dopest people that do the, the dopest stuff and they're able to teach how they did the dope stuff that they did. Because not everybody, not every great cook can teach people how to cook. So we try to find people who can teach you how to cook. And we have a very special guest, Mr. We Harper, do, we do. Eric. Harp, what's man, going on, man? Man, I can't teach you how to cook, but uh, man, I'm 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 hanging in here. Are with you, are you you didn't teach people how to get this bag, though. <laughs> I could teach them how to get the bag. Yeah, <laughs> I am ready work. to learn. Okay. Well, I guess if they get the bag, they can hire a cook, and they won't have to worry big about it. Big facts, big facts. Well, look for those that don't know who you are, because you are an introvert. You don't be out yeah. there like that. Yeah. Um, but you have built a fun, and it's been it's been a pleasure to watch. You actually build a phenomenal business. We've known each other for years, mm-hmm. and um, and I mean, you were Michelle. Come on, let's. Was that Michelle? That is Michelle. Does she know we're recording a Michelle? We're recording a podcast. Slamming <laughs> doors. All right, so, so just to let you know, uh, we just. This is actually, this is actually a real janky setup. I know you guys look at it and you're like, oh, it's so professional. But people be walking in and out and talking as planes flying over. But y'all rock with us anyway, so uh, we, we love y'all. We appreciate it. Okay, so go, go ahead and introduce yourself, man, to the people. Yeah, I'm Derek Harper um, on all social media platforms. Derek Harper Sr., but um, I'm just a servant, man. I, I found, like, all the mistakes I made. And just like fix my problem and just started fixing everybody else's problem with just a solution for mine, right? Mm. So um, that led to me creating um, something called Point Boosters, um, which was a credit repair company years ago, right? Um, just to help people based on like, you know, us foreclosing on the house, us getting the car repoed right after going to get the stuff, you know, from the foreclosure, right? And finding out that they violated our rights all the way across the board and then getting life together again just from that mistake. Made one mm. post on Facebook and next thing you know, it's a credit repair company, right? Mm. So How long ago uh, was that? That was like 2008. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh, so you've been in you've been doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was before, yeah. I got in at the right time because when right then I ain't know everybody was about to lose it all, right? Yeah. And they was yeah. gonna need us at the rate that they needed, mm. right? So um right. it was just you know, and it was crazy because, you know, my daughter and Kayla was pregnant with um, our son. And 
in the state of Georgia, I found out the hard way, 90 days late on your mortgage, you losing that joker, right? Mm. And, um, you know, but I'm stubborn. I'm like, bro, they're going to have to put me out. I didn't know they really do that. Right? <laughs> you know, I didn't know they, they like send the will. sheriff to say, you got to go, right? And then if you, you know, stubborn, then they, yeah, they're going to come move you. And that's what happened. But when they came to move us, they got all of the things to be able to move everything out. We pulled back up. And, uh, yeah, they was putting our stuff out. And I didn't know we was going to have to foot the bill on them putting our stuff out either. So I was like, man, I would have went over here and How do you do that? Hold on. So somebody sends, like when you get foreclosed on, the, the bank sheriff. sends. Well, yeah. So they, um, so the, the sheriff comes first, right? Mm-hmm. And then they let you know, hey, you. And because, you know, when you're running from debt, you don't show up in court. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. bro, I, can't, I don't have no attorney. Right. I can't even pay the mortgage, right? right. So it was like, yeah, they, you show up. Um, and then, you know, they kind of give you a little thing basically saying, hey, you got to go, right? Mm. And then uh, when you don't go, then it's like, all right, now the bank owns the property. And uh, so, you know, then you can say, all right, I'm going to try to be a squatter. But then the bank options the property. And then somebody gets the property now, right? So then when they get it, you know, they do the for- they do the eviction thing. And then when you're stubborn to that, then they can send somebody to move you out of their property. <laughs> yeah, and um, but the bad thing about it is when they had and they, you gonna have to foot the bill too for the moving people. When do you pay that? Um, they just put it on my credit and I got it removed. That's the good thing. They that, put it on your credit. Yeah, yeah. it was a debt that I owe. But the cool, well, the 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 rock bottom part though is you know when my wife and I got married, it was uh we were young, we eloped. Like I was like nineteen. Right? So, a um, little knucklehead. So, her dad always like, yeah, I don't like this fella. <laughs> but, uh, so, imagine having to borrow money from him to rent a U-Haul to go pick our stuff up in the rain. But the part that really hit us is when we pulled up, uh, back the U-Haul in, had my cousin with us and everything, right? And she backed the, she bought the, pulled the Maximan behind us. And then they repoed the car while uh, no was getting us. Literally, because we was running from the repo, man, hiding behind the house the whole no time. Because it was a rock bottom moment. Right. And so it was just out in the open. We thinking that, man, what's the chances of, you know, they ain't looking for it like that. At this exact and they time. definitely came and snatched it. So running behind him. Right. Just to get the baby seat out the car and um, all of the other little stuff out the car. And it was like, well, you got to give me the key. And then handing over that key was like, man, we done lost it all. And um, yeah. So I just used that moment. What was crazy is. You know, you don't start really like paying attention until you stumble. Like, you know, you can run around the track five times with your earbuds in. You're not thinking about the track because there's nothing in the way, right? But the moment that you stumble over something, you're going to get up and look around like, man, what was that? It was there the whole time. You just didn't pay attention. So that rock bottom moment made me start reading about credit, right? And I'm like, man, I got to read this, read that. Come to find out. What were you doing as a profession at this point? I had just left the Air Force. Mm. And I was getting ready to like do the business thing. And this is before I got the overseas job at Lockheed Martin to actually fund the business, right? Mm. Um, so I started reading, 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 and found out that the developer that sold us the house and the broker who was actually on the closing documents was married. And they didn't disclose that. And it was a RESPA violation, right? And then I also found, <laughs> yeah, because she had an so interest, right. right? She had an interest in the property or an interest in there and she didn't disclose it. They had to disclose that they was married at closing or before closing, right? And it was a violation on their behalf. And also... Um, so hold on. So what yeah. made you search for that? Well, I was trying to figure out ways of how to, like, get 
an apartment, get this or get that, and work on my credit. Because when you, when I was going to try to get an apartment, my credit was horrible because I had the, the foreclosure mm-hmm. and the repo to hit. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I just started reading, and I was like, wow, they supposed to do that? And I was like, well, and then we found out. Because, you know, you don't think about it. Um, two neighbors down was the actual brother who got a house from them, from the developer of the neighborhood. So the developer's brother lived down the street. Two, two houses down. Gotcha. Mm. And we, at that time, we used to drink together. So mm. he ran his mouth a, a lot. So I didn't know, right? But when I read, I was like, oh, that's illegal. They were supposed to let me know that. They didn't let me know that. Mm. And then I challenged it. And then I challenged it through the courts and everything. And then it got removed. Then on the car, I started reading about reasons. So the foreclosure got removed. Yeah, so it got removed because the whole agreement of the, uh, you know, that real estate transaction. Well, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but it was it was a rescue violation. You get your money back though. They should get the house back. I wish they do that. Somebody didn't have the house by then, right? Right. I could have I could have sued them for damages, but I still really ain't had money, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So. Long story short, I started reading. I was like, man, the house, like, there got to be something with the car. And a lot of people don't know when you go to a car dealership, right, and you go to, like, a GM, and then GM sells your loan to, like, Santander or Capital One or something mm-hmm. like that. It's, and it's not a repossession because Santander never had possession or Capital One never had possession of the car. It was a contract sale at that point. That means that the collateral, right, I signed a contract, so that written contract was with GM, and they sold a contract, which now makes it a promissory note. Mm. Because only one signature is on there. I didn't have the signature for me and Capital One um, on the note, right? So, because Capital One got the contract sales. Just like when you close on a mortgage, they sell it to somebody. Mortgage is a promissory. Student loans, when you close on it, they let somebody else serve as a promissory, right? Because the new servicer don't have a written agreement with you guys, so it's not a written contract. It's a promissory. So, they never had possession to have repossession of the car because I took possession from GM. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And not got from removed. Capital One or Santander. So, then if Santander or Capital One acquired your loan from mm-hmm. the original dealership mm-hmm. and they're reporting it as a repossession. It should only be reporting as what a charge off. Charge off. Right. Yeah. So if they're reporting it as a repossession, we dispute that all day. All day. All day. All day long. Yep. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta look at the collateral. Who had collateral when you had when you took possession, who did you take it from? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's it's kinda like the student loan can't I guess they don't have anything to repossess. That's why they don't do a mortgage as a repossession. Because it's, you know, 99% of the mortgages, you're going to close with a company and they're going to sell that. It's a promissory note. Mortgage isn't a repossession? No, it's oh, because they don't, oh, they don't take the... Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's gotcha. a foreclosure. And so they actually got to go through the courts, but as far as, like, reporting. But you also notice, though, that if you go and get, like, a timeshare, a timeshare reports as a repossession. It's a repossession. Because yes, they repossession it, it. You got possession on that timeshare from them on that loan. But they can repossess that and take back until where they because can take they're it away. Still so they're still managing the I get financing. It. I yep. get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. All right. So, so you're 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 getting smart in this thing, right? So you're yeah. leaving the military. You get out. How you get behind? Don't military? Yeah, that's what I'm I like. Well, so in the military, man, they give you everything, right? Um, when you fresh, right? Mm-hmm. Because I had a top secret clearance, and um, you got to keep the credit on point, right? But so. I was jumping on the, the bubble of I'm getting out, I'm going overseas to work, right? So I got hired with this company called Mantech, and they had told me, hey, I was going to make 184000 a year straight to Iraq out, out of the military. 
but they didn't win the contract after they hired me, and then I had a whole wait period of when I was going to do, and they didn't have any money. Mm. Mm, golly. Yeah. So did they help you get that job, the military? Yeah, no, no. So, yeah, because I, I got my degree and all that when I was in, and my experience. But, you know, because I... All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Well, I was doing tech when I was in the um, Air Force, right? And, and um, yeah, so I had my clearance and the job required a clearance. Right. But, uh, yeah, that waiting period, man, that, that six, seven months of waiting when you just don't have that check, the military to go back to, you know, you ain't really used to it. Right, right. And so I kind of got caught up into that. I did security for like $13 an hour at night, but that wasn't good. That's just going to feed the baby. Right. Know? Right. Sure. right. <laughs> and don't nobody know you're doing it, so it's yeah, like on the low. exactly. But so, you had these, I'm sorry, you had these aspirations to be an entrepreneur, no, right? Because you, no. you said you were going to try this business thing. I was going to try the business thing. I didn't know what the business thing was then. <laughs> the business thing. I'm going to try right. this little business, business thing. thing. So, business because thing. it wasn't supposed to, because after I, like, we, it was like the MySpace era. It really, you know, Facebook wasn't really popping like that unless right. it was in college, right? Mm -hmm. So I was putting stuff on my MySpace, venting about the whole the, the thing, and everybody was like, "Bro, I need help with that. I'm going through that." Mm. And then it turned into more of a hobby, right? Mm -hmm. And then they called, you know, Lockheed Martin called and said, "We want a contract, but we had your resume that 184 that they was going to offer. We're going to match that and give you six thousand more and bring you in at 190." Mm. But, you know, you get 21 days home a year. But at that point, after losing everything and, like, you know, learning the process, I was like, oh, we got this thing down now. So you but, didn't go? No, yeah, of course I oh, went. You went okay. Oh, you went to Lockheed? Yeah, I went to Lockheed in Iraq. And, um, in Iraq? Yeah, it was in Iraq. Okay. So I did a few years in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yes. So at so. that point, then, the business thing was off the table. No, we I was I was that guy in um Iraq. Was like, oh, bro, fixing all that. Oh, yeah. Bro, I'm you like, in Iraq. And those like, contractors, they make a lot of money over yeah. there, but they free. spend it just as fast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I was over there just like eating and you know, it's like you know, the average person over there like on a uh, with Lockheed was doing what, 3, 4,000 a week. Mm. So I'm like, bro, it's $1,500. It's $2,500. It's $3,000. They like, yeah. 
do it. Like, let me go ahead and then, you know, and because most of them, they go over there to try to buy a house and all that when they come back. Mm. But at that point, what was crazy is, because um, that was the only thing, the foreclosure and the repossession was the only thing on the credit. But then it dropped off just in enough time for Lockheed to hire me and then run the credit check nice. for me to be able to get the car. And then I found this site called Relay Rides at that point. And I started using Relay Ride. It's called Turo. Turo, Ride. right? Yeah. yeah, that was that so, was Turo wait, before. Wait, when was this? Relay oh, Ride. this was like back in t- 2010. So yeah. the Turo concept isn't necessarily new. It's no, no, no. It was Relay Rides. Like I, what? like I didn't know anybody didn't know using it then. Yeah. I was when I said I was killing it. I got I got a Jaguar. So we we went right back into like we gonna get stupid, right? So I got a Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> we no. cleared up all no. the irresponsibility. So then I was like, bro, I'm making money now. And yeah. I got good credit again. And so I got You're making money from over there and credit repair. So double. So not really credit repair. I well, credit repair was my hustle. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like something that was gonna be long term, it was just like my hustle, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then I got the Jag, and then I got my wife the BMW. And because I was over there, my wife was like, I'm tired of moving this car back and forth and this and that. And then I found Relay Rides because somebody over there told me about Relay Rides. Like, when I get home, I'm going to rent this and that off Relay Rides. And I'm like, man, what's Relay Rides? They was like, well, you can make money off the car you ain't using. I'm like, bro, I got a Jag I ain't using. Mm. And I start killing it on Relay Rides. When I say killing it, the Jag payment was like $900. I was making like $1,900 a month off the Jag. Yeah, so Yes, I was. Because it was fresh. And, and this is 2010. This is like 2010. Yo, why are we late? We late. No, I've been, so I've been talking about it on my Facebook Live for like, Man, some years. Like when they first, when fa- Facebook first started Facebook Live, I was talking about it was it was already Turo then. Though. Mm. Um, so do Relay Turo? Rise yeah. did transition into Turo. Yeah, it's, it's not- Turo now. It's the same okay. company. The so same company. Relay Rise, they were getting in a lot of trouble from the whole insurance thing until they got it together, and then they got infused with a lot of money and then turned it into Turo. Did somebody buy the company or something? Um, you know, I don't. You know, I ain't dig that deep. I gotcha. was just worrying about if I was gonna get money. Or not. And you still have rod? You yeah, still I got cars? like uh, I got like nine cars on there now. Really? Yeah. Are they all in Atlanta? Um, some of them are, and I got uh, two of them in Orlando that my cousin pick up and drop off. Yeah, gotcha. the Denali. That's why I got that on there. I still got the Lincoln on there, the Camaro, the, uh, the Mustang, the. Um, can't even remember. The Jag's still on there. The BMW. Yo, like, tell Donnie to put her truck. She's got she's got this beautiful BM, this uh, Mercedes truck, and she's so in love with the car. I'm like, yo, yeah. rent that thing out, man. Yeah, that's it's a liability now if you're too attached to it. You mm-hmm. gotta make it an asset. So I have a um, I have a Mercedes truck, and I have my favorite truck, which is my uh, GMC Chevy. My my GMC truck. It's mm-hmm. a no. I'm sorry. It's a Chevy Equinox. I love that car. Oh yeah, yeah. Love that car, right? Um, but then when I bought the Mercedes, I'm like, I love that car too. So one of them needs to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but none of them are on Turo right now. None right? of them are on Turo because I like them both. Like I know my, my just because you like them doesn't mean somebody else can't drive them. Yeah, and put make the money Mercedes from. on there the right way. And what's the right way? I mean, so what I do is I register my vehicles under the business, right? Mm-hmm. And then all my employees get a Turo account. So what I would do is I would put one, I would put the same vehicle. One on the south side of Atlanta under my account. My business partner, because it's a business account and a business car, right? And then they're an employee. They will have a Turo account. They will put the same car on the north side of Atlanta. And then one on the west side, one on the east side, and then one centralized. So no matter if you're coming into the city, if you put Atlanta, you all the cars going to pop up. And they're going to be gone like 20 days 
20 to 25 days so out of the month. all of y'all will list the same car? We list the same car, and then we sync schedule. So if they book it for me, then y'all close y'all dates off. But they automatically going to be gone because, like, a lot of us might mouth. be right outside, that, right outside the cusp, right? That's so crazy. if they put a 30-mile radius on their search, and then you 32 miles out, guess what? Like, right now, if you Yo. put this and this is 32 miles out of the airport, a Turo focuses on the 25-mile radius, right? If you barely fall outside of that, you're not going to be up there with the rest of them. So based on where they put in, if they put ATL, that means that it's going to automatically attach to the airport. If they put Atlanta downtown, it's going to automatically attach to the centralized Atlanta location, right? Mm-hmm. You outside that 25-mile radius, you 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 know, you be listening at that point. But you never you never had a situation where two people booked at almost the same time? or you So I stopped it? instant booking for that reason. Gotcha. So that's the gotcha. main reason I stopped instant booking. I did instant booking, and I had a I started getting bad reviews because they instantly booked. I ain't even know, right? And then now nobody knows to check the, um, to do the schedule. So mm. all they do now is that you know when one is requested, um, you go and, and you got logins, right? So you just go in there and close all the other ones out and just approve the one that got requested. And gotcha. Then, yeah. So you have them all listed under your business entity. If if I purchased my vehicles in my personal name. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's, I made the mistake of doing that. It was really silly. So now I have three vehicles on my personal name, right? And I want to buy another car like next month. Mm -hmm. Um, how difficult is it for me to take my current vehicles and register them at least under my business? Under your business. So my CPA personally and my attorney told me not to give that advice out publicly anymore. Mm. Um, because This isn't public. It's just us here. Just yeah, us. but you got haters on the internet too, though. So we can and, talk uh, about this off camera. We definitely will talk about okay. it off camera. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I want to just give the game away. So Can you? My attorney, Why can't you, though? So, well, because... I, when you build influence, right, and this is why I always been an introvert, right? When you build influence, and I'll get into like what I went through in 2019 that just made me want to just like go in the closet and just blow my brains out, right? And I'm, I'm being honest with you, mm. because when you build influence, everybody ain't gonna applaud that. That's true. And some people are gonna be like, man, why is everybody listening to him? God, God, when he speaks, God make everybody listen. And I'm saying the same thing, but they ain't. So if I take him down. And I'm going to be next up, not realizing they could have been next up anyway. Ain't have nothing to do with their journey, right? So it's like, hey, um, I had somebody file a uh, bar complaint, and they ain't even an attorney, right, saying that I was unauthorized practice of law, and then hit the IRS up saying I was giving tax advice. That's how, uh, as an influencer, man, what you say is, you know, we, we say stuff to, to change the world, to help the world, but it's always somebody out there to say, hey, let me take this guy down because – they didn't, you know, somewhere along their journey, they forgot that they're on their own path and they yeah. thought that she was in their way. Okay, give the advice that, like, you're not, like, somebody told you some bad advice or somebody told you some advice. Just read, just like, tell us right, the advice somebody claim, told this you. This ain't legal advice. This, this is not legal advice. Right? This, yeah, it's not legal advice. But, but, but I funny, heard. I always used to say that in my lives, though. Mm-hmm. But you have to. But then they say, you gave the disclaimer, but then you gave legal advice. I'm like, right. oh, Lord. So just, it ain't no way around it. Just tell us what it. somebody told you, that you're not 100% sure if it's right or not. Gotcha. So, um, and this works. Well, I see. Yeah, I go. Tell us. They I told you. I want him to answer my question. <laughs> I know. I want to hear the answer. But, well, and, and so somebody told you how I could potentially... Make I'm gonna tell you happen. what I've seen somebody do. Okay, there we go. There, so we, go. Go. there we go. That's what I'm talking Teaching about. Teaching people how to strategically listen, right? Um, no, I'm, I, I've actually se- um, seen people set up their boards and um, you know sell they sell their car to the business at at, at fair market value. Um, 
But say it, say it again. Say it again. Fair, market, seen, fair market value, right? I've people, also people say, people say sell people, their cars to their business. At fair, at fair, fair market, value. market value, I guess. Okay. The tricky thing about that, though, is when you got that business vehicle, and then you, because if you do it and you have the corporation set up, what I, well, what I've seen in their case and what they told me, if they had a corporation set up the right way and it's truly a business vehicle used 100% for, um, for business, then it's easier to do. But mm-hmm. some people messed it up. And they were like, you know, that's why you get audited quick. And some people used to take their car and then sell it to their business for a dollar. Mm. You see and what I'm saying? And that's not fair market value. And, and it's not fair, mar- fair market value. And then they, come on, they ain't dumb. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so that's that's basically triggering an investigation. And I wonder why that person wouldn't just, since they're selling it to their business, why wouldn't they have just sold the vehicle to themselves, say, for $50,000. Like, why wouldn't I just go and sell my business, my vehicle, for fifty grand? you got to have a need for that vehicle in that business. I too. do. Gotcha. I, 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 so let's say I, I legitimately do. Mm-hmm. I really only drive that car for work purposes. Okay. Um, if I sell it to myself for $50,000, the 50000 that I'm taking from my business comes to me, and still I possess the money, right? Well, so... It's basically a title change, but they're not going to give you the title if you got a loan on it, right? Mm-hmm. So what it is is it's basically um, if you're selling it to a business. Well, what I've seen, this is not tax advice again. Sure. Um, I've seen people sell it to the business, and then they get the money from the business and then pay the loan off. Understood. Some people try to maneuver I'm so that lost. way. I am so Well, so some people. Hold on. Give me, give me your question, your initial mm-hmm. question. So my initial question uh, was that I financed the vehicle mm-hmm. in my personal name. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, am, I was interested, though, in transferring the registration into my business name. Oh, so because get it out of it your name. Business. Because I am using it for business. business I want to get it out of. It's, right now, it's registered in my personal name. Mm-hmm. Can I, with it being financed, under my personal name, register it under my business because I really do use it. I've seen people, because I'm not a CPA and I can't sure. get tax advice, right. I've seen people do that. You're doing good, right? real good. No, I, and I did. I've, I've seen people because now you got a business use for it. You bought it personally, personally right? But mm-hmm. your business had a, has a bigger need for you. So mm-hmm. I've seen people, you know, make four hundred, five hundred thousand in their business, mm-hmm. right? And then they say, hey, our business now needs a vehicle, right? This is So fact. the business at fair market value, I've seen people... Um, now their business because the business is standalone. Now single member LLCs, you might, um, I, you know, you might raise some red flags there because they like, well, you're the only member. You kind of selling it to yourself. But when you, um, well, the people that I've seen that registered, even if they're LLC that filled out that twenty five fifty three to be elected as an S corp, now that's a business that's separate from you as a person. And then now you actually have a corporate veil. You're separate from the business at that mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. So if that business has that need at that point for a vehicle, the ve- I've seen that business buy that vehicle from the that, person, you know the that person, individual. and then that person take the money and pay the vehicle off. But now. You see what I'm saying? So basically, it's kind of like the business, all right, I'm buying it. Mm-hmm. And then now that business gets titled with it and then put it on Turo. The business gets titled. Okay, but the mortgage, so now the loan is in the business name. Well, it's not a loan because no, the loan. business already paid oh, for the cash. you saying just pay for a cash. Yeah, now if you built So if you business, got the cash, why don't you just... Buy? Well, because she already financed it. Gotcha. You see what I'm saying? So if she paid off personally, it's kind of like... So know. there's no way to just carry the loan for somehow... To the business take out a loan on the car to still pay the car note so that the whole thing is just out of. 
Well, if the goal is I don't want to pay lump sum, you got to realize if I'm a S corp, this is just my opinion, right? If I'm a S corp, I personally, because I love asset protection, I'm personally broke, right? Mm. I don't want to be rich personally. I don't want to have money. So now if I take and spend $50,000 and buy a car personally, when I'm broke, did the money come from the business? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I personally don't have money to just run around and just buy vehicles, mm -hmm. right? But my business does and my business can. So um, I, I see her point. Yeah, the business might can pay it off without raising red flags because the business has the money. But maybe she's not pushing that money to her personal account to be able to just grab 50 and pay it off. So it's easier for that business to buy it. That's what I've seen people do. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. You see gotcha. what I'm saying? So, so, but there's no way for the business to have the loan. Yeah, you can build business credit. So, I mean, um, 14, man, you can get 14 lines of credit. I personally know banks that are fun Rolls Royces, Lamborghinis, right? Um, with no personal guarantee. You see what I'm saying? So, really? Yeah. You so, call some of those companies? We well, I know. I, <laughs> take a few notes right, right, right. here. No, okay, I, um, I, 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 I even know, like, the business department at, at, at the local PNC here. I got a relationship with uh, Frank over there. And first thing he said was, but you can't just be a, because you know some people, when they talk about business credit, they go to Uline Quill, they go get the, and they don't spend over $2,000 and then think they're going to go get a Rolls Royce or something like right. that. That ain't going to happen. Mm. So if you got the capacity there and you actually doing numbers, I was actually talking to a good dude, man, Justin, um, him and Corey, they, they business owners. They do, they oh, yeah, doing yeah. numbers. Yeah. Uh, Smart Black College. Yeah. yeah. And, and they doing numbers, right? So like it would work for somebody like them. And we, cause we was just on the conversation about it mm. and just, just brainstorming about it. And just for the audience to understand, what would you, what, what would you say the minimum is to be doing numbers for this to work? Yeah. I mean, they not just going to give you a $300,000 loan for a Rolls Royce if you ain't hitting like 1.5 in your business. Okay. Right. Gotcha. So it ain't one of them like, all right, let me go and pimp the system and then get a Rolls Royce because they know you ain't going to pay it. I mean, right. the businesses, especially without a PG. Right. They looking at personal 14 guarantee. high personal guarantee. Yep. They looking at high capacity lines, mm -hmm. you know, because it's three things. Capacity, credit or collateral. Right. Mm -hmm. Or cash flow is four C's. Right. Capacity. Capacity. Explain what capacity. Huh? What do you mean by capacity? Capacity is how much um, can you handle? Mm -hmm. In debt, right? And then you got cash flow. And that's based off of cash flow. Well, no, cash flow is cash flow. Like, hey, I'm generating a million a month through here. Well, what's the right? capacity based so off? So capacity of? is how so if I'm if I have a hundred thousand dollar vendor account that I've been taking care of and it's been good, I know that I can handle a hundred thousand in capacity. Mm -hmm. Right? So cash flow is different. That's just cash flow. Mm -hmm. And then yep. you got collateral. So do I have a building or some tractors or some trucks that I can get a loan against so that now you actually own the collateral, right? And then credit. So a lot of people, even though they have business, that's where that PG comes in because personal credit will actually help out. That's why I like a lot of people go get those Chase cards, Chase Inc., even though it's a personal guarantee, but it's reporting on your business credit and it's not going to ever report monthly on your personal credit. So that's where the credit side come in. And so um, when you build 14 lines, and a lot of those lines are high-capacity lines, and I got a grid. Um, I just don't have it on hand right now. Mm -hmm. wish I would have, like, prepared because I didn't expect you to ask that. I got a grid that can actually walk you into those 14 lines. But can you send me like a link that I can put on? Yeah, yeah so put, I'll, I'll share the link that yeah. way you can do it on there. Cool. But one of the requisitions, is, uh, prerequisites, is they have to be making money, though. Whatever you're trying to get fleet-wise, um, they got to know that you ain't just going to shut down. And 
um, in order to get something like a Rolls Royce or a Lambo and all of that on the business credit, they will pull your tax return. So it ain't like I'm having right. a good year and ain't got a. They, and if you still a LLC single member and all that, they're going to still pull a 4506T from the IRS to prove that you're actually making the money. Wow. So I know that you are not an attorney and you, you're you not giving any advice. I'm not giving any legal advice. Can you just tell me, <laughs> friend to friend, are you set up as an S-Corp? So I'm set up as an LLC and elected to get taxed as an S-Corp. So um, what that means is I, um, I'm getting taxed as an S-Corp, but I have full control of my operation. So financially, I have a corporate veil. Um, because I elected, I did an S corp elect form with, through the IRS, and that's a form twenty five fifty three. What right? does that save you? Um, because I'm an LLC right now, but mm-hmm. I was literally just thinking about transferring to an S corp. But so what I hear people say because right. I don't give tax advice or legal mm-hmm. advice um, is when you're a single member LLC, you're really not getting taxed any different from sole proprietor. Right. So let's take a hundred thousand. That's just facts. Made, right. Mm-hmm. So that means every dollar that you make, fifteen cents going to Uncle Sam is so as a self-employed. You know. Mm-hmm. So now you're paying self-employed tax. The only way you can get out of paying self-employed tax, or um, I've also heard some CPAs, uh, and well, I guess these are clubhouse CPAs. So I haven't vetted them yet. Right. <laughs> so got some advice off the stage. Yeah. I've met some clubhouse trillionaires. Yeah. So. Clubhouse CPAs, okay. I've heard some say, hey, well, you know, basically everything is always based around a $50,000 threshold, right? So some said, hey, well, get a C-Corp and then let that C-Corp get registered as an S-Corp. And I guess that can be good, too, but because that C-Corp still, you know, I mean, you still have a lot of double taxation with that. Because mm-hmm. at the end, uh, whoever's over that C-Corp still holding the bag as a self-employee, right? So um, the S-Corp creates that corporate veil and makes you a corporation and separates you from the business as far as your taxes, right? Mm -hmm. So you get rid of that 15.3% self-employment tax because you're not self-employed as a corporation. That's why they call it a pass-through entity. So what I've seen people do, and the reason why I elected to be an S-Corp is because all of the money that I ever take in, wherever you take money in, that's what's taxable, right? That's why people use LLCs as holding accounts because they will take it in through an LLC. That's the part that's taxable. Push it to a, uh, take it in through an escort, I'm sorry, and then push it to an LLC because if you push it there, that's not a sale. That's a holding account, right? And so, but you're paying taxes on what you took in as, as so in other words, you're taking a hundred grand and you elected to be taxed as an escort. Now that account that you're taking that hundred grand in, doesn't have self-employment tax. So if you take a hundred grand in, you get to save that $15,300. Gotcha. So I'm an LLC. I bring in a hundred thousand dollars. I have an LLC. What do I do to create this whole little circle you just created? So what I would recommend doing, and I can't give tax recommendations. This is if I was you, mm-hmm. I would personally file, and this is not tax advice again mm-hmm. <laughs> for the haters out there. Anyway. <laughs> um, so if I were, if it was me right now in that situation and I'm making over 50 grand, mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely go to the IRS.gov and look for form 2553 S Corp elect, right? And then you're electing to be an S corporation, which means that you're electing to get taxed as a corporation instead of a uh, self-employee. 25, hold on. Okay. Yeah, what form it, what 2553. Form 2553. And that ultimately is. The for biggest S-Corp. impact for that is to save us that 15%. Yeah, because that, that 15.3 just is, is well, because if you calculate um, Social Security, right, mm-hmm. and the Medicaid, that's that 15.3. 
So it's no different than working a nine to five, right? Because mm. you go to most companies, some companies between what they match and what you pay, that, that equals that 15.3, right? So you're paying the company's portion and your portion as if you were employed at 15.3 coming out regardless as a self-employee. So let's say if I'm working a nine to five and I make 100000 on my nine to five or whatever. But you also got to realize that, um, well, say, listen, I'm working on my nine to five. The company going to pay your Social Security and um, Medicare or whatever up to a certain amount, right? And then you're paying your portion of it. That portion combined is that 15.3. Mm-hmm. When you're a sole proprietor, you ain't got nobody floating that other half for you. So it's pulling because you're the employer and the employee because you're just a self-employed at that point. So that's where that 15.3 is coming from. But what if you have employees? If you got employees, whichever left over after payroll, let's say if you make two hundred thousand gotcha. dollars and your payroll is a hundred, you still thing. left with a hundred thousand. You paying fifteen point three on what's left at that point. Got you. Mm, so okay, I fill out the form and submit it, and then I'm automatically good. <laughs> then get with your account. <laughs> no, no, you have to get with your account. One thing that an S corp does do is it opens you up for audits a lot easier because people, just like in anything, man, people take advantage of it. And then they're like, hey, just file the escort. It's like the whole bankruptcy game that people used to do. Yeah. Maybe go ahead and run up some debt, put it in the business, and then file like a tw- 11 or 12 or, or like a business bankruptcy, and then boom, it's not going to hit me personally and all that. People used to do it. They close it out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not that you can't do it. It's just you can't really cheat the system anymore, it. right? Mm-hmm. And, and you, you open to so much audit and scrutiny when you try to do it now. Um, my personal attorney actually started in the whole bankruptcy game. She was killing it, right? And um, she actually still does them. But the way that she broke it down, it's like it's no wiggle room. It's it used no, to be sweet, huh? Oh, man. It was, man, let me tell you. People used to, they knew the credit game, and then they knew the bankruptcy game. So, like, now if you file bankruptcy and you married, um, it's going to be very hard for your wife to file bankruptcy the next year. Almost impossible now mm-hmm. because if you married, a lot of times y'all assets together. Now they're making y'all put them in there together now, right? Mm-hmm. The hustle used to be. I'm going to run up a bunch of debt, get all of them, get like $9,500,000 worth of debt, right? You will go do that. And then you will take that funding and you will build out your business and you'll, you know, pay it off for a year or whatever and be like, man, forget that. Throw it in the bankruptcy and then guess what? While your credit is taking that hit, what they would do is learn that, oh, man, most of these bankruptcies ain't reporting, right? So you'll start working on your credit, but then your wife doing the same thing on the other side of the, on the back end of that circle, running that debt up as well because her credit is good. So, you know, and then they'll, mm. yeah, they would run the bankruptcy to credit gain. And it was a hustle, man. Like, I ain't saying that that's legal or none of that, right? Because a lot of people actually got in trouble for that. But that was the hustle. And then there was no way to, like, really prove that this is what we're doing. It's not intentional. We just fell hit, hit hard times. So that's why they start closing a lot of that stuff off. And then they'll, mm. they'll say, oh, it was for the business. And then if it was for the business, a lot of times they'll say, oh, well, this is not really a personal bankruptcy. It's a business bankruptcy because we <laughs> ran up all this debt mm-hmm. to get this business stuff. And we can prove that we spent this all on business. So now it's a business bankruptcy. Now your personal credit good again. And they close it off. Wow. Oh, man. People was eating. But see, we didn't. We got to respect scammers. They're brilliant. Yeah. No, but what's crazy is African-Americans didn't get hold of that game too late. It was actually the other side of the um, the tracks that was actually doing that. And then when African-Americans got hold of it, man, we start sharing the game and giving it out. And then boom. Then they changed it. It was called a loophole. Then now it's called a law that you can't really do that. Don't know what it is. Dang. Oh, when we get hip to it, now it's a law. Yeah, it's a law. Yo, y'all getting out of hand. <laughs> I mean that's it's, that's what was happening. People was eating, man. People was becoming millionaires just off that hustle, man. Wow. But they was really building businesses. That's why when you used to see like, man, these people rich, man. They little Tyler, man, he they own tractors and they own this. 
And all they do is they'll go get these tractors and get all that. Now they got all these contracts with these grocery stores and the farm, but that whole farm and everything was bought off scam debt, right? They built up all this stuff, got the tractors, got the equipment to extract, five bankruptcy on it. Dang. Because it was, it was, yeah. Did you ever do that? I'm just playing. Nah, I wish I would have known when it was legal, bro. It would have been a play. Yeah, it would have been a play, bro. Gotcha. So you've um, tell us about your your company and how you built it out, man. Because which one? Because I got like seven, eight of them, bro. You better talk that talk. (laughs) You better be spicy on here. Okay, so the credit repair company. Yeah. How did that become a? Is that the first? That's the first one, right? Outside of the relay rides, Harper Trucking. I got a freight broken company since 08. Never did anything with it until 2010, and uh, it took off in 2010 as well. I, when I got the job with Lockheed, bro, you couldn't tell me nothing. That one hundred and what ninety? Buying yeah, stuff. It was like that one ninety was but like, then gave it a, but then they also gave. <laughs> right, 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 right. But if you did right, they also give you a twenty thousand dollar bonus. Of course, I'm gonna do right. And yeah, then this yeah, is yeah, all yeah, yeah, tax free money. The first like ninety eight of it was tax free. Yeah. Mm. As long as you didn't, you know, as long as you. Uh, what phone is that right now? Outside of the U.S. Yeah, somebody yeah. probably pinging me in Clubhouse. Silence the notification. You got a trucking company. You didn't do nothing with it. It's How many trucks you got? Four. You got four trucks. Mm-hmm. You rich, rich. No, bro. I don't a little look. bit. A little bit. Nah, I'm just trying to make sure that the kids. You got a you couple times for sure. <laughs> yeah, oh, but I mean, like I, you said, he's, he said he's broke. You but could definitely take us to TGI Friday. We can you definitely can, go to Friday. Oh, we can sure. definitely bro, go to TGI Friday. Like, thing, I ain't rich, bro. Like, I got these pants from Target, bro. Like, Which shows me you're rich. That, I, that I, got that clear side. No, you, it's, it's you like, didn't bro. get It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Good <laughs> peacoat from Target, though. No, I got it. Johnson and uh, Murphy. Okay. And it was on sale for $94, bro. I love it. Yo, let me ask you. Why do rich people, uh, why, why don't people who have money um, spend as much as people who don't have money? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because... 
the whole purpose of wealth is purpose, right? People don't just get wealthy to be like, bro, I'm wealthy. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like they on a mission. And their mission will create wealth, not their actions, right? Mm. So my mission is I don't ever want my family with my last name to have to work outside the family if they don't want to. Yeah. So that purpose yes. is bigger than me. I'm talking about grandkids, grandkids, right? Yes. So if I go and buy a $1,000 shirt, I'm, I'm robbing them of that. Because you know what I can do with $1,000, bro? I can actually incorporate a company. I can get with an influencer, let them market this company. I can create a product and just make a million dollars off it and just put it aside. And then imagine over the average 20 years making $50,000 a year. That was actually the average person making a million dollars in their life cycle. That's why that million dollar number was big. But I can take that money that somebody paid $1,000 for a shirt, get with an influencer, let them push it all around their social media, joint venture with them, and then make a million. Yep. Yeah. And so I can take that million and I still don't want to pay a thousand for a shirt because I can keep repeating the process. <clears throat> right. And then if I keep repeating the process, it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a movement at that point. I, and then I can take that thousand dollars instead of that shirt that created that product. Now, let's put real estate in place. Let's buy houses and let's start putting that because I do want it to where if. My grandkids, grandkids graduate college, why not reward them with a house? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And I feel like paying $5,000 or, like, I can literally buy my wife a Birkin bag right now. But what it, what it, what is it going to do? Let me ask you this. Do you guys own any luxuries? So let me tell you what's I got a Rolls Royce. I got, we got a Bentley, and um, I went half on a Lambo. Which are all on Turo. The Lam- so they won't let the Lambo and the Rolls Royce. They'll let the Bentley do it, right? But, so look at it this way. I got the Rolls Royce one year old, right? So it was what, 360 brand new. I got it one year old and I got it at, I, I car hacked it, right? So I got it, I walked into it with $39,000 in equity. I'm gonna drive it for 18 months to sell it what I bought it for. But the influence that I'm gonna make from that purchase, exactly, right? I'm gonna make a million dollars off just having that car just from the influence of having that car. I'm not stupid enough to go out and like buy that car for, for just to be seen in it, right? So it's, I use it as an asset. So the luxuries that I get is basically asset perks. I get it. Back to your question. Dang, that was that's, a good that's, answer. That's, that's a really good answer. And so to answer your, back to your question, because Derek answered your question very, very eloquently. I think it's important to point out, though, you said, why do people who have money mm-hmm. not spend money as much as people who don't have money, right? And I don't think that's necessarily true. I, right. I think it is. I think there are people who have money with a poor wealth mindset and then people who have money with a healthy wealth mindset mm-hmm. because we got rappers and, you know, entertainers and all kinds of people mm-hmm. who get all this money and then lose it because they are buying the cars to be seen and the shoes to be seen mm-hmm. when then you have that same other, a, a different person with the same amount of money who says, you know what, I'm going to buy that same car, I'm going to buy those same shoes, and I'm going to right. leverage it for impact. Yeah. I'm going to leverage it. And you know what's funny? So, well, I, I, and I don't want to come off judgmental because Rod Wade had one of the, like, strongest bars I ever heard in a song, right? It's hard to tell somebody how to shine when all they know is hard times, right? So yes. I think that if you've been locked out of something for so long, you do want to feel how it feels to have it. And I can't knock nobody on that, right? But to go back to that, think about this, right? So think about the person who just came up in the money and then they go buy a 
So a person, he just came up in the money, right? And he go and buys a $10,000 Gucci outfit. Let's say I go to Metro Mart and I get a knockoff Gucci outfit. I jump out of Rolls Royce. Who outfits you going to think real and who you think going to fake? Right. Because my right. influence now from having the car is never going to have you questioning if my Gucci is real. But I could have went and took a photo. The photo shoot is going to come out the same on the knockoff of the real. So I'm not telling people to go out there and just buy fake stuff. But every now and then you got to reward yourself. I just think is I've been locked out of wealth so long that everybody that I ever looked up to bought this type of stuff. So I feel like this is success. And mm-hmm. I don't have the right person behind me telling me that, hey, maybe you need to save for a rainy day or the future. Gotcha. And I know this question is past what we talked about, but how did you car hack? Oh, the car hack. So Before I, that, okay. can we get you to silence those notifications? Yeah, oh, that <laughs> thing is killing me. I and, and I want to make sure it's phones, not maybe. me. No, it's not, definitely Derek. It's Derek. definitely Derek. I don't know how to use his iPhone. I Here, only let me, for Clubhouse. Let's go to your own. So, <laughs> I'm going to just throw you on. Do not disturb Let's make sure oh, I'm so good. I ain't okay. even know that's how it works. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So, yeah. So, tell me about the car hack. You walked in uh, $39,000 in equity. And you're going to sell it back for what you bought it for 18 months later. I yes. Guess. So one of the things to always look at is like Mercedes dealerships uh, and like not the top tier. Not like so because what happens is Mercedes, right, it's not their brand. But a lot of people trade Rolls Royces. They trade Bentleys, Ashton Martins and for Maybachs, right? Mm. Because Maybach, even though it's a real high level brand, it's a, you know, some consider like, well, uber luxury, right? Um but Mercedes don't want to have that car on their lot for over 120 days, right? right. Because it's a non-Mercedes, mm. right? They can't certify pre-owned it, which means that I can't add value to this car, which means the longer it sits here, it's going to start driving now. And the longer it sits on the lot, people are going to think things wrong with it. And as long as I own the asset, I got to start paying on the asset, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's easier at that 120 days to just sell it to an auction. So the auction usually gets the rate that you're going to get because that's why the auction usually gets it, put it back on the dealership, and then when you go and buy it for what it's worth, it's almost $30-something above. Hold on. Okay, run it back. I missed it. All right. So let's say they um, – I got that from the Mercedes dealership yep. in um, Illinois. Yes. So you by can that, actually – what, what, what are you pointing at out there? The Rolls Royce. Oh, I keep pointing out that like people can see the Rolls Royce. The Rolls Royce. Right? Okay. So I um, – you do have to do some searching, right? But – if it's going to take me five hours to save $35,000 or $38,000, of course I'm going to search, right? So, um, yeah, so you're just looking around and you're looking. So you start on, like, car gurus, true car, or something mm-hmm. like that. And then you start uh, looking at how long it's been on the lot. So I would do my search on all Rolls Royces. And then you can actually filter it by how long they actually been on car gurus, mm-hmm. how long they actually been on that. And then I go from top to bottom. Whoever's sitting on the lot the longest, I'm going to start calling from there. And negotiate because mm. I know that when you see something around 110, 115 days in the next five days, they're about to sell that to an auction. So why go and sell it to an auction, have to ship it off and spend extra money and then get it from that rate when I can negotiate to get the rate the auction getting and I'll come fly out to get it, though. Wow. So. So, OK, is this what happened? Yeah. So I called him and I said, how long has it been sitting on the lot and how long? um you know, just talking back and forth, get some background. And how long usually y'all, you know, because they're going to try to play hardball. And you, you can't just take the first thing and then you call and get somebody else. So the second person, you know, you're going to get more information from different people because they want to the sell. Mm. And my commission on like a Rolls Royce or something like that going to be different than a Camry, right? Yeah. So um, 
you know, when you get to that third person, now you know it's been on a lot, 118 days, and then you call the second person, had nothing to do with that car right then, and you talked about non-Mercedes on how long they usually sell them to the auction and how long they usually hold them, right? You didn't got all your answers that you need. And then what you do is you call and say, hey, I did some background in that car, and I realized y'all had it 118 days. I'm booking my flight out there to see it from Atlanta now. But if I like that car, I'm going to go ahead and buy it. Can we talk? And then now when we talk, say, hey, usually I know that, you know, y'all trying to sell this car for blah, blah, blah. But what I'm going to do is I can make an offer on there of what the auction is actually going to pay for it. And I just throw an offer out there. I just always go 30000 below on a huge, you know, on a car like that. Because I know they leave enough cushions, you know, in there. And then they was like, um, I don't know if we can do that. Hardball, of course. And then the manager call you back, say, hey, can you put $1,000 on so we know you ain't playing? So it's not really a rush on there. A car that's been sitting out there almost 120 days. And then they come and say, somebody was looking at it. And I say, well, all right, well, go ahead and let them get it. Because if it's been sitting out there 118 days, y'all want to go ahead and sell it, right? And uh-huh. then, you know, they'll be like, all right, they ain't want it. Of course. Now I'm going to talk about of course it a little they more, right? Of course yeah. they right. So, they and never then, wanted it. Yeah. So the way I look There's no at human it, being out there looking no at it. There was no person So I'm there. like, bro, I can just book me a $600 flight because it's the next day and then I'm going to go out there. And then now they're happy to see me take it off the line. So just, that car, you I offered them. I literally did that with that. How much you have offered them? How much? Thirty nine thousand uh, or yeah. So I offered them two fifty one. Mm. So I offered them two fifty one. What was it listed for? It was listed for like two ninety. Mm. Yeah. So it was literally so. And the guy that had it was the vice president of like Heinz, the ketchup place or mm. whatever like that. He didn't like how he looked in it, and he liked how he looked in the Maybach, so he turned it in. Mm. Like how we <laughs> looked. Like he he didn't like how he looked. I mean, it's, the it's, aesthetics. It's for not me. the same, but. Um, I I put on some sneakers one time and I wasn't really feeling them. Mm-hmm. By the time I got to the crib, I took them joints back. I'm straight, bro. I I literally gave away some joints. I'm like, man, they yeah, got bro. me looking clumpy. I'm yeah. like, bro, like nah. Yeah, I, I ain't I'm like how I looked at them. Yeah, so it's, it's not the same, but it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of the same. All right, so it is not the same. But I want to. I have a question before we move on from that. How do you know what the auction intends to offer or what they will you, buy? You for? don't know. Um, okay. but so I, I didn't bid it on, I, I was trying to get my wife an Aston Martin SUV, right? And, um, it was, you know. Did I even know Aston Martin had SUVs? Just, yeah. So. Oh, I'm like, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Oh, they <laughs> dope. And I, and I wanted her to be like one of the first on the scenes with it. And they, they had some that, uh, you know, that's been driven the last year that people turn in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, man, so, man, it's crazy. Wealthy people, man, they grab these cars and they drive the value of it down. They got really good accountants, too, bro. Because the whole purpose of trying to drive that value down so they can write it off as loss for, you know. And not the, oh, I'm going to get a Range Rover and write depreciation and all this off. They got ways of doing it. I don't know how, but mm-hmm. I'm going to figure that out. I got to get on that level of wealth, right? But they turning these cars in all the time. And I'm like, man, so I saw one and I've been, like, at them for a week. Them jokers ain't biting. Because everybody ain't got them. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like if you see them, they're like, oh, yeah. man. I think that when the, the market gets saturated with them and they got competition of them being. See, I because you can go and Google or go car gurus and see Rolls Royces everywhere. So you can easily hack that. Mm-hmm. But the newer ones. So I have been told no a lot. They just said yes to that one. Mm-hmm. So, gotcha. um, you know, I'm going to offer lower. And then some people might say, man, get the, get out of here with that. You crazy, right? And then some people, you know, going to be like, all right. And that's when you know that you hit a sweet spot. Do you, mm-hmm. do you buy these cars cash or with credit? Um, From the business. Cash from the business? Well, no, no, no. So I got that one. Yeah, I got that one. I, so I got the Rolls Royce. Um, I bought the Bentley cash from the business, right? Talking um, about he ain't rich. <laughs> no, no, no. I, so I was going to get them. Bentleys I was gonna are get not. Them. Hey, y'all, I ain't going to lie, man. They sent me this Yuffie lock. 
Think about being on a couch. Someone rings the doorbell. Your child left their key at school and they need you to get off the couch to open the door. Well, you don't have to do it anymore with this Eufy lock. You can open, unlock, see who's at the door all on your phone. It's super easy to install. You can set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It's keyless entry. So it's no more fumbling for your keys when your hands are full coming from the grocery store. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Listen, you put your fingerprint on there, you don't have, even if you got you got your bags, you put one finger out there, boop, you get to unlock your door that way. No battery anxiety. You don't have to worry about the battery dying. Quick charging, it's incredible. Also, passcode unlocking and remote control with a 2K clear sight camera so you can see who's at the front door. You're in control anywhere from the app. Enhanced night vision, it's absolutely incredible. No monthly fee either. So unlike other brands that charge a monthly fee, you have you have uh, recordings locally, and you don't have to pay for the storage. Customer support is on 10. Listen, Eufy is on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by our professional customer service team. Listen, you can contact them anytime, telephone, email, or live chat, okay? Listen, you need this Eufy lock. You need to look it up. All you have to do is go to the official website, Eufy, E-U-F-Y.com. I just ordered mine, okay? I love this product. It is incredible. It's a game changer. It makes life so much easier, right? So if you have a video doorbell already or any smart lock, it's, 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 it's time to replace it. It's time to replace it. So listen, search Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock. Search Eufy, video lock. That's E U. FY video lock or visit ufiofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Okay? You can get a complete control of your front door, your life, back door. Incredible. Okay? So search Ufy, E U F Y video lock or visit ufiofficial.com forward slash video lock. but i did so yeah so i got so i got the rolls royce and but i did set the amount of money aside from the business account for that to Mm. make sure that it is paid yeah Um, i mean because at some point you have to leverage credit you got to especially with large purchases you you definitely and you know so just even with that you get a lot of incentives for you know like lots of credits and things like that for it and if I do rent it out for a music video and just things like that, so it's easier to do those type of vehicles, especially if you're gonna use it to like leverage, uh, um, like your position and like you know just status or whatever. Because what was funny is like my highest one-on-one coaching program before I got the Rolls Royce was like five thousand a month. I got three people in my fifteen thousand dollar a month program now. What do you do in your fifteen thousand dollar a month program? Well, see, I we I built out. Um, development centers in India and call centers in the Philippines. So what I do is I just take the average entrepreneur who wants to like get his whole outfit built out. um, And we got a process called body build, organize, document, delegate. So we build a whole process. We organize it, make sure we got all the SOPs in place and we automate the crap out of it. Right. And then we delegate it. So now they come in and they don't have to really do anything, but then they get the business handed to them and we, they get, you know, from because um, one of the companies that we built out um, is called IHR Buddy as well, 
and that's mm-hmm. what my um, with, with Ken, my business partner, and we either assign people as like a staffing agency or we build out a whole outfit and have the team already running a business before it gets handed off to you. What industry do they need to be in to work with Any, you? because the first two months of the uh, thing, we're researching, we're learning your industry. Mm-hmm. But the good thing about it is I have a huge, huge, huge research and development team in the Philippines mm-hmm. that has already built out 120 different businesses, down from the websites all the way down to the SOPs, where we just need um, CEOs to just come plug in. So when they say, hey, I want to start a freight brokering company, you ain't got to go through all that training. We already got them. They know the whole dispatch, and they know where to get loads. They know how to push it. They know how to write contracts and do all that. You just plug into it. We can either join venture, we get a percentage of the business, you be the face and the influence, or you just pay to get that outfit built. So it's different than learning and then having to go build it again. We realize CEOs don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Let us just build it for you, have the dispatchers and all that ready for you. You just go be the face and go make money. And that's the 15000 a month. Yeah, so that's 15000 a month. And but the first or, two months are spent in research. Yes, yeah, research. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, and that's to weed out the people who just say, oh, but I have to pay 30 I don't want to do it no more. Because now, that let me know you ain't serious. All right, come up a little bit. Oh, okay. Mind. All right, so... so um, but you said you do a joint venture thing, right? So me and Donnie ain't got to put up no money. Yeah, we so depending, be the on the, depending on the influence, uh, yeah, so depending on the influence, if we got people that's out here that really know how to push it and be the brand, we would do like a joint venture where that JV would be like, hey, let's push this for two years, but the whole goal is to sell it mm-hmm. and to break our percentages up and then go on about our business. Because mm-hmm. I just ain't about to joint venture with nobody and be stuck with them for five years. Right. You know I mean, what I'm saying? So. Engagement crazy. Yeah, we get, well, <laughs> oh, our engagement is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, but I've been pitching, I've been, I, you know, like I said, I've been an introvert when we first met. Like, that was the vision. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you have it as a vision, like when you was like, Derek, what you working on? I knew what I was working on, but you don't tell everybody until like you do it. I done learned like, hey, I'm doing this and doing that. And then you never do it. And they be like, man, he just flew. Here's the thing, man, because I feel like we could do something. I, I mean, maybe we need to sit down. We're not going to TGI Friday like Donnie want to go to. Come on, we're not going to do that. a child, that. but we want to go to. Like, we need to sit down and talk. What can we do? What? Okay, give me an example of what we could do. Like, with me and Donnie's expertise in business and influence and things of that nature, what type of business could we create through you where it's like plug and play, we to face, cash out that joint? This is what I would recommend Let's on you it. from an influence standpoint, right? People don't pay for your coaching because they want what you're teaching. They pay for your coaching because they want to be you mm. or they want what you accomplish. Mm. Sell that. What I did is I built out a fully automated credit repair company that I used to build multi-millions of dollars. People want the systems. They want the process. They want business the whole the business in a box. Mm-hmm. Give them that. So now what I do is they say, hey, can you coach me? No, I'm going to give you my whole system. You can get all my automations. You get all this. My developers are going to snap all my logos out, snap all yours in, and you got a ready-made business ready to go. You need two people in the Philippines to go ahead and run customer service and dispute? Go ahead and do that. Now, boom, bye. There you go. How much now, would you charge for something like that? That's only seventy five hundred, because I know the market for credit repair. A lot of people come in and they ain't really making money like that. We mm-hmm. just built the software, man, free dispute hub, mm-hmm. um, where credit repair is one hundred percent free now. I got like twenty thousand people in that. But we also bought a credit monitoring company. Mm-hmm. But they gotta have a credit monitoring if they come in and, and do what they said. They can literally scrape their credit report in. It's gonna automatically show the violations, or I mean, show the, the bad accounts. They can click and literally choose their options the way that they want to, and then submit the letters. We also got a mailing center in Mexico, right? It's right there on the border that takes all that digital mail that they API and then bring it right there into the U.S. and send it out to the bureau. What's API? 
APIs, like an interface uh, to make this software talk to that software. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, gotcha. Um, you know, and we have digital mail, so now ain't no more running to the post office. So through that software, they click, do I want to mail this dispute letter to the bureau? It's going to automatically go to our fulfillment center in Mexico, $3 an hour per person, right? And then they take it, they take loads into the U.S. daily, and then, you know, it's going to the bureaus because now it's mailing from the U.S., right? So the cool thing about that is... Uh, we get paid off the credit monitoring side and they get free credit repair. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's like. I like how you did that. Yeah. That was good. Because now you can service any client anywhere because they're paying for the monitoring service. And it's so much money in that because yeah. what's going to happen when you get your credit, you repaired your own credit, right? Mm-hmm. And then now we start working. I can't talk about some of the JVs, joint ventures that we got inside of that that we're working on. But once we identify that you got the score that where you can go and start getting funded, now we got 120 businesses that we can identify that you might want to start. Now I can sell you that because you got the credit. I didn't help you get the funding. Now you can pay to go ahead and get access to your business. Do you so license we, off the credit repair uh, software? Or so, not the credit repair. Do you license off the credit monitoring software? So we working with um, some white labels, mm-hmm. creating like some white labels for like the credit monitoring side. We just trying to get. Let me just tell you that that's, that's another $10 million. Easy. Because there are so many credit repair companies who struggle. Like they can't operate in Georgia, for example, because credit repair technically is illegal. It's illegal for you to pay somebody to fix your credit. And then it's so illegal for you to pay somebody up front uh, in many cases to repair your credit. And so now if you are solving this problem for all of these credit agencies, all these credit agencies who are operating real small, they can't really blow up because they don't want the haters Mm -hmm. to make make a claim and say, oh, they're fixing credit. They're charging up front. Yep. Now you have a solution for the actual credit repair company, all of them to come and say, I want a white label. They don't have the, they don't have the means. So for the credit repair companies who want to offer that, we will give them a white label and then we split the credit money. Yeah. Cause see, they don't have the means. They don't have the tech. They don't have the people. They don't have the software to monitor this credit. But now Derek brings that to the table. So Mm -hmm. let me license this from you, offer it as my company does credit Mm -hmm. monitoring and I give you credit repair for free yep. because the end game is that you want the customer on credit monitoring month after month after they month. They don't stay on it. You make your money. And right. Because so. they got to have Our software was built for our credit monitor, mm-hmm. right? Our developers God, I love completely how built. Works. Yeah. And so. And this is sexy what you're doing. And it's so easy. So like we got 20,000 people. We easily doing over 200 some thousand a month just off that. And it's so autonomous that all I got to do is put my link in my clubhouse bio, and it's been going crazy. Like, I think we had, like, 600 signups between when Spectac started that room last night and now. Really? Yeah. That's God. So, like, club, when I say clubhouse has been detrimental, like, it's going to blow the roof off these things. Mm. All right, so, so listen, back to being selfish. What can me and Donnie <laughs> partner with you on? Anything. Like, we can brainstorm. Listen. It takes my research and development team 30 days to research uh, anything to build a business out. I'm a CEO. I ain't got time to be doing all the research, right? They Their job, day in and day out. I got two shifts, too. So they're they doing this almost 24 hours a day. Taking a note. They're building step by step everything that's required. You and Dunny can come up with some brilliant ideas. Like, for instance, we're showing people how to create virtual or ghost kitchen. Ghost kitchens? A ghost kitchen. Like, um... If you look at Logan's Longhorn and all that, 60% of their sales is through like DoorDash, like uh, Uber Eats and all that. 
So Ooh. me and Ken and went and bought a kitchen. We didn't we didn't bought a, a warehouse downtown about this size, right? And we put like eight cook stations in there. Once you get in the inspection through the city, you're good. Now that person who wanted to start the restaurant who don't have that two hundred thousand dollars, come in the kitchen and cook. Just oh. get your kitchen spot, and then now we're gonna put you on DoorDash, Uber Eats. You already done passed inspection and all that. You come in and you sell, and now you got influencers who gonna push your menu, who gonna come in, who gonna talk about it. Menu available in Atlanta now. Now you popping up in the center of the city on DoorDash and Uber Eats. And you you providing food throughout throughout the city. If sixty percent of Longhorn sales as is delivery, now you just took a market and you ain't got to worry about getting all these inspections, all these permits to build because you already got your kitchen set up. And then now, so we're doing step by step on how to do that. So think about all these Instagram chefs yeah. who are operating out of their kitchen, That's but it. they got to stay small yep. because they can't risk being inspected. And then so now, if you come into an already inspected kitchen and yep. you just do a pop up. Now that celebrity chef who want to come in and say my menu is available in Atlanta that they can come in. And we even creating a cook from the celebrity menu program to where celebrity can actually train people to cook from their menu to be in Atlanta, to be in Boston, to be here, wherever we put these kitchens at. And it's, it's a ready-made business to go. You coming in with your menu. So when I said it, it's like it's so many things, bro, that... You know, and, and so research and development has mapped that whole process out, the cost, the this, the requirements, <laughs> the inspections, everything. So when I say we sit down, we can map out a business in 45 days, have it ready to go. And then when I told you your influence is to build that business idea out and sell it to the influence, sell it to the other people. Because my goal isn't to, like, run a restaurant. My goal is to build a step-by-step process of making sure that they're ready to go to be on DoorDash, Uber Eats, and all of that. And then, boom, it's plug and play. Now you got Yo. you know. Are we going to lunch after this? We are absolutely going to lunch. Are we going to lunch? I you got time? Oh, I, I'm, good. I'm good. Can I get my that. chicken alfredo? I, I saw You're not going to TGI Jared, Fridays. I'll tell you that right now. I tell you? I saw a chef mm-hmm. who needs your services make this chicken alfredo on Instagram. The restaurants that I like to go to is too fancy of a chicken Alfredo. I just want a chicken Alfredo Mm -hmm. that tastes like it was made in my kitchen. TGI Fridays is the only place I know. TGI Fridays chicken Alfredo tastes like it was made in the factory. It's a blackened chicken Alfredo. We're definitely, we're 100% not going to TGI Fridays. (laughs) I'm going to tell you that right now. So, but we're, but, uh, yeah, for sure. No, because this is brilliant. Where the heck you come up with this stuff, man? You got like a, 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 yeah. Yeah, I got a, man, bro, so like, that's all I do all day. And the reason I'm an introvert because I'm a geek. Right? You're at home. just I'm at home doing, I, I like rather be home with my family than out. Like, I be seeing people on social media, I'm like, bro, they having fun. Mm. Right? And I'm like, I do lunch with y'all, but like, I ain't really, try, like, the Instagram thing is cool. I'm like, bro, like, I need to get with people and get my following up. But then I'm like, bro, I'm too lazy to do that. Like, mm. I'm, I just, I would rather just build, bro. And I'm like, you know. And then the, the, the less people know you, the less people can distract you too. Mm. That's facts. Like for me, it just won't work with, uh, it would not work with me with 200,000 Instagram followers. Mm. Because I don't need everybody to know what I'm doing until it's done. Mm. So, Dang, that's crazy. Okay, so we're going to create a, um, we're going to create a business or something. It's just I'm ready to wrap up this something. interview right now. Yeah. 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 So you got to look at the over. So the information age is done, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody like selling information. And that's cool. Like people still going to buy coaching, but that's still information age. People want to be entrepreneurs, but they don't know how. Make it easy for them. If I make it easy for them, your business is already ready. Just come pay for it. If you make it that easy, they'll pay for it. 
testimonials of, hey, I was struggling with starting my restaurant business and this and that. Now I went in there and I created a ghost kitchen and now I'm doing $50,000 a month and everybody know me. I'm opening up three other locations now and I didn't even have to raise all this money. I was able to get enough money to buy my food truck and put it here and blah, blah, blah. We even got a food truck that's going to go around the city and it's going to have five different restaurants on it. How many food trucks you seen with five different restaurants? The ghost kitchens is cooking the food. Now all you need is, is one runner, right? When the food is running low, they just running food right back to the, to, the, uh, to the food truck. So now those five restaurants that pitched in that say now we're just paying $5,000 a piece for the food truck, they're getting their food sold all around Atlanta, all around Orlando, all around Miami, all around Vegas. And then Vegas, you can add CBD to the food, and that's all they buy. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, and it's, it's, it's just, man. It's, you, it's, you know what's beautiful? You said um, something about the information space, but what you do actually is 100% in the information space. No, it is. It's yep. 100% in the information space, just on a done-for-you platform. Yep. The information space will never die. No, no. So it, 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 trans- it transforms, right? Oh, it, tra- it so evolves for sure. People are not. Okay, so if I say, hey, I want to walk you through this process for $25,000 right now to show you how to set up your kitchen, to show you how to do this, or hey, for $25,000, um, your kitchen set up. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you're good. We already got the graphics team that's going to work on the menu with you. We that. got the marketing team, and I got some JV set up that's ready to promote you when you're ready to go. And we're going to have a launch team. We're going to have a promo team and all that. Boom, $25,000 in three months. We're going to have you set up. We're going to have your workstation. Mm-hmm. Your menu going to be out. Instagram mm-hmm. page, direct where they can order from. Which one would you pay for? Twenty five grand. That for? one. The I want the done for you. So all it's day. E- And when you got the done for you template done, you ain't reinventing the wheel no more. So it's, it'll take me more to give them the information and more of my time one-on-one to get that twenty five grand than to have it done for them. Because I can replace me in the process. Idea. Yeah, all right, this interview's over. <laughs> Golly, y'all got enough information. Now it's time to go build some. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, so um, la- last things. You have you have a bunch of partners, right? You yeah. partner with a lot of people. I made a clubhouse room this morning. They said um, collaborations and partnerships suck. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes they do suck. Mm-hmm. How do you create these partnerships and collaborations that actually work? We will never work on a business together. Either the idea is we're going to start this business so you can run it, but you're going to be the face of it. We can build it out and we can think through it together. I think the problem is, is any business that requires two minds to be able to, you know, get things done, we might not agree on things all the time. Mm. So let, let's say one person usually starts the vision of, I want to start it, right? They bring the other person in. That ain't really their vision, man. They wanted to do something else. Maybe they was just on. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hard times and they saw that man, it's a money opportunity. Mm-hmm. But when the money comes, what's gonna happen? That person that just came in for the money opportunity, they vision changed. While yours mm-hmm. is still there, now they pulling from you instead of actually giving it to you. And a lot of people got too much pride to say, "Buy me out." Mm-hmm. Right. So it's easier to say, "Hey, Dave, let's build a business. This is the plan. We're gonna build this out. We're gonna get some JVs. We're gonna get this thing running from two years. Let's try to see if we can get ten million dollars out of this thing, and then boom, we walk away with X amount of dollars a piece." 
That's because now you because you ain't building that business to say, hey, we building it forever. So I don't ever do JVs over two years. It's a two year plan. If it don't work, it ain't gonna work. Mm-hmm. If it do, after two years, bro, we're gonna have to sell this thing. Because now I'm married, you you become married to um the people in the business at that point when that you you, you can't do that. You mm-hmm. you can't really mix, you know, because if you if I'm in a business five years with you, we're gonna automatically think we friends. Mm-hmm. And when we wasn't friends before the business. Right? <laughs> so the business can't make you friends. We could be cool about it, mm-hmm. but if something go wrong, we still gotta be able to have those boundaries there. Now, yeah, yeah we can be acquainted, but if we was friends first and then I try to throw business at you, that ain't gonna work a lot of times anyway. So that's where a lot of the failures come in, because it's like I wanna put my friends on, but their vision ain't there. Wow. And they ain't wow. got no passion to like do it. They they was already talking about doing something else. You pulled a minute. And then they'll be like, man, you woke me up. Yeah. But you're going back to sleep as soon as you get your money. So it's different though. So I mean, and that's it. Because they're not a visionary, nor are they an executor. So yeah. there's no role for them. Yeah. So, and I know I'm a visionary. So I can build it out for them to let them run it. I just can't sit there and just, I just, I hate meetings, bro. I just like, we got to meet every morning to talk, bro. That, that's nah. Mm, I, I, just, I like that. I got I like ADHD. That. I forget. I'm forget to show up for the meeting half the time anyway. <laughs> Man, this is a lot of information. This was a lot. A lot this of them. And, and and really, it was a mind expanding conversation because mm-hmm. you see things a lot differently than the average small business. I mean, shoot, bigger than I see it. It's just mm-hmm. I would have never thought of that. Like, I, I have some good ideas, but. That's you got some dope ideas. He's he 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 he's humble on. But here. that's nah, like he, just the way. You know what? You know what my thing is. My my plans don't normally involve systems right. and people. Mm-hmm. So the way that you you can see the idea and the systems and the people and how it all connects and say, listen, we're not working on a business together. Our team's going to build a business and then you run it. Right. And it's easier because you mm. want to start a freight broker in business. We done built it. Go run it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So because I, I can I can build quietly. So I'm home. I'm geeking out. I'm now my development team. That, that's the, them, you know that's that's my lifeline because mm-hmm. we we building in silence. So why everybody out here like oh I'm gonna sell you the class on this sell you a little two hundred dollar class because I'm gonna sell a twenty five thousand dollar business on demand. I can literally mirror a business in the years within like seventy two hours. You he see said, what I'm saying? Sell your little two hundred dollars. Sell your little two hundred dollars. Forget what Donnie and David do. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that. And selling the courses. For the record, I don't have a two hundred dollars class. But I sell two hundred dollars classes sometimes, right? Forget what Donnie and David do. No, I get this work. Don't let her distract you, brother. No, I mean. I, so I ain't want to sound good. I mean, I sell a two hundred dollar class. No, it's too late now. Really too late. No, no, because you just late. convinced me. I don't need to be selling. I don't need to be selling. Build like twenty five dollar. Build it out. Twenty five thousand dollar here. Take it. And then they can say because the question is, everybody ain't got twenty five grand, bro. I got free credit repair. I can help anybody get twenty five grand now. Mm. That's the that's the main point. And I can help together. the people get the money to pay for it. So I'm never running out of money. All I got to do is just get more people. You are brilliant. Wow. <laughs> Yo, listen, I need y'all to definitely follow um, this this visionary, this CEO, this boss, Mr. Derek Harper. Um, we got to we, we got to go. We got to go. We're going to do a quick commercial real quick. OK, and um, I, I need you to get something deep in thought provoking to say to close us out. OK, we got some big stuff on your shoulders right now. OK, yeah. you have to put all this whole <laughs> <bottle> podcast <laughs> and put a bowl on top. OK, so we're going to do a quick commercial. OK, all right. all right. Give us a second. So um, 
Uh, this episode is sponsored uh, by The Morning Meetup, themorningmeetup.com, themorningmeetup.com. It's the only community that gathers every single day, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for the betterment of entrepreneurs. Derek, did you know? Did you know that every morning, Monday through Friday, there's like hundreds of entrepreneurs that gather to, one, be in the right environment, to network with other entrepreneurs from across the country, and they get to hear from me, who I think I'm an awesome coach, um, or guest coaches, guest speakers, such mm -hmm. as Donnie. She's definitely been a part of. You're definitely going to have to come on mm -hmm, if you can, mm -hmm. okay? You'll, you'll, it's a whole lot of humans on there, and I know right, you're right, more introverted. Right. No, no. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we offer this program for $1 for the first seven days to see if this is the environment, the feel that people like, if they can mm -hmm. be in a community, if they're going to get some value from it. And then after that, it's just $79 a month. But That's we dope. join every single day, Monday through Friday. And we have a book club, so we read a book. There's a, we just finished uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. Most of those people, well, not most of, a lot of the people, including myself, have not read a book cover to cover in a long time. Some mm. since yeah. high school. So um, we're taking it step by step every day. We read a chapter, a piece, and we end up with the whole book. So it's an amazing program, themorningmeetup.com, themorningmeetup.com, themorningmeetup.com. Enroll. Try it out. It's only a dollar, okay, for a limited time. Okay, I don't know how long we can offer you know, a dollar trial, but um, join today, and uh, you can be locked in, okay? I will see you in the morning. Donnie Wiggins. Yep. So, hey, you guys, I am Donnie Wiggins. I don't think I said my name the entire episode. We didn't do no intro or we no. We didn't find out how we were doing. I don't know how you did he this He just week. started going crazy. He just started going ham. <laughs> started going ham. But this episode is also brought to you by Six Figure EDU. Derek, did you know that I have a program that trains and develops people who are interested in being coaches and consultants from scratch? Wow. I dope. teach people how to take that information and turn it into a six figure plus business. So we do that right at sixfigureedu.com. That's sixfigureedu.com. And I also have a bonus. Oh, the problem that entrepreneurs have is figuring out, they can take all the cool pictures. Mm -hmm. They can post all the great videos, but they never know what to say in their caption. And so they end up with all this great content that they've mm -hmm. paid for, and they don't know what to, how to post it or they're not maximizing it. So I created a group called Post to Paid where I literally will send you to your phone via text message three times a day stories to type out in your captions and post prompts to give you ideas about stuff to post on your social media, but not just stories and not just captions, stories that sell. Wow. Like I got people who've grown their social media influence by over a thousand followers in just a three week period of time. I have people who are getting brand new clients just from posting the prompts that I send to them and mm -hmm. you can be a part of that too by texting me the words post to paid at 404-737-2767. One more time, 404-737-2767. Come get your stories that sell. There it is. Uh, Mr. Harper, thank you so much, man. You've provided so much value. We got to have him so, back. Oh, God. You got to do a part two. I feel like we touched on yeah, I got so much a few more. different things yeah. and we're still like, I want more. Yeah. I want more. Yeah, absolutely. So let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. And so it could be a part of your program, things of that nature. Yeah, so on Instagram, I'm at Derek Harper Sr., D-E-R-R-I-C-K-H-A-R-P-E-R -R -E -R -E -R uh, Um, I have a free credit repair program that's kind of designed to get people um, to do it themselves. 
not for the purpose of just having good credit to make Nissan rich, right? But have good credit to make the community rich, build wealth and start their business and do things like that. So that's at um, freedisputehub.com, freedisputehub.com, where they can actually go in. Um, The benefit of that is if they um, join that in like the next couple months, they'll actually have access to me in a Facebook group where I'll be like going through and like giving them education 100% for free investment ideas and things that they can invest in as well. Mm. You can also find me on Clubhouse talking about credit left and right. So go ahead and get your iPhones, iPhones, iPhones. Um, I really pour into Facebook a lot. Derek A. Harper Sr. on Facebook. That's where I built my following. That's where I built my community connections and things like that. So connect with me on Facebook. And I'm just here to serve to be able to help people get the funding to walk in their purpose, but to also understand their purpose so that they can actually build it out for the generations to come behind them. I love awesome. it. Thank you so much, man. Um, yeah, again, thank you. Thank you for joining, man. Just uh, just being able, just being selfless to pour in, giving people the information, giving people the game, like giving people to like the back end on exactly what you're doing yep. uh, to accomplish your successful career, man. So um, if you could just, just close us out. There's an entrepreneur out there that has an idea, a vision, a dream. They don't know how to get it off the ground. They don't know what they're doing, negative environment. Um, what type of words of wisdom could you give them? Definitely separate from that negative environment, right? Me, um, I always used to think that I had to be around a big audience to build. But I like building in silence, right? So that, uh, so what I would tell that entrepreneur is don't talk about what you're going to do. Actually do it, right? Mm-hmm. And build it, build it, build it in silence because it's easier. And I'm going to just give an example. If I come to you and say, hey, David, I sell websites. Man, I got some really good websites. Go ahead and buy some from me. You're going to be like, what? If I come to you the second time and say, hey, David, look at this website I built for you. It's fully functional. It's automated. And this is how you're going to get people to join the coaching program, this and that. And then I say, what do you think about it? And you're going to be mm-hmm. like, bro, I need this. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if you build in silence and then it's actually a proven system, you can sell the system system instead of selling yourself and that's a good way to start out because I'm big on selling systems I like to build them out first I like to battle test them so that when I know it's ready I know you can make money off of it then therefore it's easier because I make your life easier it's three reasons that people buy from us either results or revenue that uh, there are right um, entertainment or convenience so hit the record button make sure that you have uh, a way to provide revenue or results entertainment or convenience and just build and walk in your purpose and I guarantee you there's somebody out there that's going to be able to um, have a use for your system if you do and you're just going to be the person to position yourself to offer it to them so if you do that the amount of money that you're going to make in your life is directly proportionate to the amount of problems you solve and the amount of each invoice is directly proportionate to how complex that uh, problem is just understand those two concepts and solve those problems and uh, you should be all right can't close, can't close out no better than that. Can we done? Goodness gracious. I can't well, wait for this one to drop. Right. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Listen, man, make sure y'all go follow uh, my pioneer, Dottie Wiggins. Follow myself. And most importantly, follow Mr. Derek Harper Sr., okay? Do me a favor. Go get some social proof, okay? Build something, okay? Then document how you built it because I want you to go back and teach someone else how you built it. It's the only way our community grows, okay? So uh, make sure you like this, uh, this episode. Subscribe. Okay, leave a comment. We appreciate all of that. And we will see y'all at and the top. Share it. Share, share it. it. Gotta share right now. Go share. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.